Turn in your Bible to two passages of Scripture, uh, Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1. Matthew 1 and Luke 1. Uh, and I'm going to talk to you today about Christmas clarity. I want to help, and, and this will be somewhat simplistic, uh, but I think all of us need a little clarity in the holiday. I want to tell you, it's easy if you're not careful, you get caught up in all the hubbub of Christmas and you lose focus about what Christmas is all about and why Christ came in the first place. Uh, and so we'll talk about that. I want to kind of, kind of build a, a foundation for what I'm saying this morning, uh, by bringing note, uh, or, or, or maybe shining a little light on the nature of humanity one of nature one of our natural challenges is is to be able to view life from a higher level or a different or better perspective let me say that again one of the big challenges of humanity is to be able in the middle of a maybe a dark place or a place where you have a question mark to be able to look at things from a higher level of understanding to get a a better perspective to get some some maybe kingdom clarity in your circumstances and situations and that's been the challenge with humanity for for really uh gosh throughout humanity i think about moses if you remember moses everyone say moses Moses, we have this picture of him being the great fearless leader, and he was a great leader, but in the beginning, when God put his finger on him and says, Moses, I want you to do something for me. I want you to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. You're going to be their leader. I'm anointing you. And Moses in Exodus 4 balked. He didn't want to do that. In fact, he's, he had some form of a speech impediment, and he just could not figure that out. You want me to be the voice uh, uh, to Pharaoh, you want me to stand, but I can't even say my words right. I don't know if he was a stutterer. I don't know if he had a lisp. I don't know what his issue was, but it had him at a place where he just couldn't see what God was saying. It just didn't make sense to him. And in fact, uh, it says the Lord was angry with him. And so he gave him Aaron to be his voice and spokesperson. Uh, we don't see that in the movies, but, uh, but it was almost my understanding. Moses would whisper to Aaron and Aaron would speak for him because he had, he couldn't see and gain the bigger perspective. I don't know if you've ever been that place before. I think of another one, Elijah. If you remember Elijah, he was God's prophet. But what happened to Elijah? Jezebel came and she prophesied doom and gloom over him and it got under his skin and he ran and he hid at the Marriott Hotel. No, where'd he go and hide? He went into a cave. That was the best he could do. And God came and found him and began to speak in that still small voice. And he, and he began to whine and complain. And what God said to him was, you need a better understanding of reality here. You need a different level of perspective. And he said, you say you're all alone. There's 5,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. And you need to get up and get busy because you need to see this from a whole new, different level of, and, and he did. But you know, the sad thing about that was that was right after that is when God replaced him with Elisha. So it's very important for us as believers, as Christians, all the Christians say amen. It's very important for us as believers 
When, especially when we come to these opportunities like Christmas and Easter and other times when, when our world tends to focus on the things of Christ and on, uh, on the things of the Word of God. It's very important for us to be able to, uh, to be a voice, if you will, and, and, and a voice of clarity and a light shining upon the reality of why we're here in the first place and what's really going on. And, and so we need to look at Christmas and be able to gain a higher level of understanding. I think about that first Christmas morning, the first Noel. Everyone say the first Noel. Now put the pause button on. I'm going to give you a little Christmas quiz. Who here today knows what Noel means? Y'all have been singing that all your life? The first Noel? Not night. Pardon me? Something kind of long. It, it, it really means the the, the first birthday kind of, it has a, it evolved a little bit. By the time we sing the first Noel, it's that first night of his birth. Okay. So, uh, the root meaning is a little different, but that's what the evolution came and on that first Noel. Now you're with me. See, I've become an interpreter of Christmas carols for you this morning on that first Noel. There was a Christmas clarity that came to the key players in this Christmas message. And I want to walk through it with you, and it's interesting. And then I'm going to give you a bigger picture even of that. You think of Mary in Luke chapter 1. Are you in Luke chapter 1? If you're in Luke chapter 1, say, I'm there, Pastor. Luke chapter 1, uh, when, when the angel visited Mary. I love this. I, love, I could preach on Mary even when it's not Christmas. Because Mary did not doubt when she heard the, the angel's declaration for her. She just needed a little clarity. She said, I, I believe all of this. It, this is, this is paraphrase. I just need a little clarity about how this is going to happen because I've never known a man. And the angel said to her, you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to conceive by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so uh, she got a little clarity through the angel Gabriel who brought that to her. And then Joseph, if you go back to Matthew chapter 1, Joseph, he needed some clarity because uh, he knew his, his future wife was great with child and he, he even thought about putting her away and uh, what should I do? Uh, and he began to ponder all these things and think about them. In fact, I think uh, uh, Matthew 1 says he pondered, he thought, he, he meditated. And in a dream, the angel came. And gave him some Christmas clarity. He said, let me tell you about this first Noel that's coming along and how, and, 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 and he explained the, the uh, immaculate conception to Joseph and Joseph began to understand because God through an angel brought him some clarity. And then as we know, the shepherds, all the shepherds of the, uh, of their families, uh, Hey, you know what it means to shepherd your family. The shepherds were out watching their sheep by night and they were tending to the sheep. And what happened? The angel showed up. The heavenly host showed up and brought them some Christmas clarity. And, and it's, in fact, even though it's, it's, uh, you kind of can read between the lines and you can think through these shepherds' life. When they left that experience, that supernatural experience, they said, let us go to Bethlehem and, and, and see this Christ child, which they have told us about. And, and, and they addressed God as Lord, 
which the Lord has told us about or made known to us, not the angel, but they realize ultimately that God had revealed to them that the Christ was being born or had been born. They got some Christmas clarity. And then the wise men, though we don't know the timing of all this. Some people say this was weeks, months later. If you go back to Matthew chapter 2, I believe, the wise men, it's interesting about them. They were following the star. Follow me. Follow me as we follow the wise men. They were following the star, and they came, uh, uh, I think, to Jerusalem, and they, they began to ask, where is this, this one who is called the Christ? Where is this king of the Jews? We've been following the star. And when Herod heard about it, Herod, as you know, he was trying to kill all the firstborn. You remember that. And he, he tried to get them to tell him. And they quoted Old Testament prophecy that uh, this Christ would be born in Bethlehem. They had some Christmas clarity way beyond the star. And then you think of Simeon. We had, we, all our family was together minus Nathan yesterday. And I gave the kids a little Christmas quiz then I gave the adults a little Christmas quiz, and I have to say, some of them did not pass the test. We're going to have to work on that. Uh, but Simeon, if you know the story of Simeon, Simeon is in Luke uh, 3, I think. Uh, Simeon was in the temple, and Jesus had been born. He was eight days, and as was the custom, after the uh, time of purification of someone who had a child, they went into the temple. I believe Jesus was to be circumcised, and as they went in there to do that, Simeon, a prophet who had been in the Spirit, and God had promised him that he would not see death till he saw the Lord's Christ, till he saw the salvation of God. He had a prophetic anointing in his life. He knew that something was... He had a... he. He had Christmas clarity, not by an angel, not by a star, but by a prophetic revelation in his heart that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Christ. And when he saw Jesus, the Holy Spirit just confirmed in his heart, they all had Christmas clarity. But as you look at them, and I don't have time to really take each of these illustrations apart for you, as you look at all of them, their clarity came from, a, from, I believe, a higher level than just the angels. You think, well, angel, uh, angelic revelation is pretty high. I don't know how that could, how can you get much higher? Uh, hey, when you look at all of them, you can pretty much know and understand that they were following something more uh, uh, stable in their heart than just an experience. See, the wise men weren't just following some, some astrological, if that's the correct word, you know, anomaly in the skies, because when they were questioned about it, they quoted the Old Testament prophetic passage of Jesus Christ being born in Bethlehem. They had an understand. They, what brought them real clarity was not the star. It just confirmed what they already knew according to the word of God. And when you look at all these illustrations on some level, some way, some means for, in fact, uh, did you know, uh, I think it was the, the angel who, um, who visited with Joseph actually quoted old Testament passages. And when you look at all of these, you can understand something that they're the common thread between all of them 
was really the understanding of the coming, an Old Testament understanding and prophecy concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For us today, Christmas clarity ought to come from the Word of God in our hearts, not just you know a Christmas carol or not just about, oh, well, I, I, it needs to come based upon God's Word. And that's what's been happening. What's been happening throughout the ages is Christ, the Christmas story and message has been watered down to the point that we've forgotten what the Bible says. How many of you think the Word of God ought to bring us some Christmas clarity this morning? And I apologize, we worked on it. I built this PowerPoint, and, and uh, it's kind of interesting that the message is about Christmas clarity, uh, and, uh, and Felicia and I both tra- worked on this. It, it's not real clear up there, so you have to work at it <laughs> to get some clarity, but follow along with me. Did you know there are Old Testament, in fact, there are hundreds of Old Testament passages about Christ. Did you realize that? Not just a few, but hundreds. And I want to bring you some Christmas clarity. I want to just show you these. You may know them, you may not know them, but let me tell you what I believe God wants us to do. He wants us to gain some clarity biblically, but then he not only gain it, but then give it away. Everyone say gain it and give it. You see, God wants to give us some clarity this morning. I want to show you some Old Testament passages. Here they are. Look over in Isaiah. Follow with me, if you will. Isaiah chapter 7. This will amaze you if you've not thought, if you've not looked at this. And Isaiah and Micah and a lot of the minor prophets wrote these words down seven, eight hundred years before the birth of Jesus. So you got to get that. You get that? Here we go. Isaiah 7, 14. Look at this. Therefore, the Lord himself, now pause, 700 years before the birth of Christ, says this, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name, what? Emmanuel. That's the, I think that's the verse that, that uh, uh, the angel quoted to Joseph there when he was in his dream. What a prophetic word concerning the Christ. Take a right. This is one you all should know. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice, pardon me, judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Somebody go, wowzers. What great clarity comes when you look at Old Testament passages concerning the Christ written hundreds of years before the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's one that was quoted by the wise men. Look over in Micah chapter five. You say, oh, Micah, get moving towards the uh, New Testament and stop a little short uh, and you'll find Micah. Micah chapter five. Look at this, verse two. But you... Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose whose goings forth are from old and from everlasting. You see, the word of God brings real clarity to Christmas. The word of God has been pointing towards Christ 
since the beginning of humanity and the coming of the Christ and, and the purpose of the coming of the Christ. And so this morning, I just want to do this, this Christmas. Let's gain some Christmas clarity biblically and then let's, let's give it away to those that we interact with in this next week. Let's get some clarity. In fact, it would just be, let me just pause and give you an illustration. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're somewhere with family and friends and you're singing, oh, little town of Bethlehem or somehow you bring it in, you know, just do this. I'll give you a little, here's a way to do it. Uh, okay, Christmas quiz. Anybody know what city or town Jesus was born in? And everybody's going to go, I know, I know, I know. And they're all going to say what? Bethlehem. And then you can say, did you know that 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Micah prophesied that that was going to happen? Micah chapter 5, verse 2, you can read it. And then you can say, and did you know the wise men knew that? They were smart enough to know that. And so when they were headed towards the Christ following the star and they interacted with Herod, they actually quoted that passage of Scripture. So they understood that that first Christmas morning, they had some great clarity that Jesus, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. I'm telling you, that'll rattle some people's cage. Have you ever seen it? Look here in the Bible. Tell them, look at there, right there. 700 years. How do you explain that? That's amazing. You can do that with Isaiah. Hey, let me give you a Christmas quiz. I'm just helping you. Uh, who is the biological mother of Jesus? Everybody's going to say, did you know that she was born of a what? Virgin. By the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Did you know the Bible prophesied that 700 years before? You can bring clarity. That's just a thought. Everybody says just a thought. Now, let me give you some for us. Because listen, Jesus didn't come for us to sing the first Noel. I just want to give you some insight from that first Christmas morning from these key players, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the angels and the wise men and Simeon. I want to just show you some things. I want to bring some clarity about the Christ of Christmas. Here's the first one is the Christ of Christmas came to save and forgive. This is where you can get them closer to Christ. You can bring your friends closer to Christ. He came to save. Everyone say save and forgive. In fact, in, in the scripture, when the angels came and when the word of God was made manifest, notice what it says, Matthew 1, what the angels said concerning the Christ to Joseph, and you shall call his name what? Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. You shall call his name for he will save his people from their sins. That's why the Christ of Christmas came. He came to save. In fact, what does it say about him in the New Testament? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And believe you me, somebody say, believe you me. Believe you me, we're living in a world that is lost and without Christ. And the reason Jesus came to planet earth to seek and to save that which was lost. Christmas was about lost people. You and I may not realize that, but that's what the angel said on that first Christmas morning, or really, you know, prior to that to, to Joseph, he's coming. You call his name Jesus for he's going to say, which means, by the way, anybody want to know what Jesus means? It means. Everyone say Savior. It means Savior. Jesus. You shall call his name. His very name defines why he came. Jesus is the Savior. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. In Luke chapter 2, he told the same thing to the shepherds. He said, for there is born to you this day 
in the city of David, a, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's the Savior. Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And for Simeon, you remember Simeon? I told you about Simeon in Luke chapter, oh, it's 2.30. In Simeon, when he saw Jesus, he had been promised by God that he wouldn't die till he saw the Savior. And he looks, he grabs the Savior in his arms, and he says this concerning him. He says, for my eyes have seen, he's talking to God, your salvation. You see, that's what Christmas is all about. That's some cl- you want to bring some clarity to Christmas? It's about people who need Christ. He came to seek and to save, to save and forgive people of their sins. That's the Christ of Christmas. We need to keep that clear in our head when we live our life and when we go through life that the reason Jesus came to planet earth is to seek and to save and to forgive that which is lost. Number two, the Christ of Christmas came to deliver and heal. In fact, that word save, when it says, when the angel said he came to save, uh, that word is bigger than just uh, concerning their eternal security and salvation. It has the, the contents of deliverance in it. In fact, how many of you know Jesus came to deliver and heal us in our hearts and in our lives and even in our bodies? That's why Jesus came, amen? Somebody say amen. In fact... If you go to Luke chapter four, and you don't, you don't need to turn there, but I'll just, you, Luke chapter four, you think about how, how Luke is, is, is mapped out. Luke, very quickly, the birth of Christ, and then Simeon, then by Luke four, it gets to the place where he's, he, he went to the wilderness, 40 days in the wilderness, he's, he's, he's about to enter into full-time ministry. You get that? Luke chapter 4, he walks into the temple. This is his first real display, if you will. Walks into the temple and flips over to a prophetic passage in Isaiah, and he begins to talk about why he's here. In fact, if you want to look in Luke 4, you can. I'm going to slip over there real quickly. He reveals the whole reason that he came. He says this. He says, um, I, he opens the book of Isaiah and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal. Somebody say heal. You see, Jesus heals our bodies, but you know what he really wants to heal? Our broken heart. Our wounded heart. He comes to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to rec- and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Somebody say, deliver and heal. That's why he, he's reading this Old Testament prophetic passage about himself, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the, the Lord. And then verse 20 says, now follow me just for a moment. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of all who in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, today, this scripture, right here that I just read to you, that you've been reading for years, this scripture is fulfilled in your presence, and in your eyes, and in your hearing. He said, this is a full, I am a fulfillment. What did he want them to know? Here I am. I'm the Christ. And I came to heal and to deliver. Amen. Oh, you can all give him. Don't leave somebody hanging, giving the Lord some praise. Everybody join him together. Don't leave, don't leave them hanging. Amen. 
Let me just throw it. If somebody wants to give him praise, give him praise with them. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's try it again. Uh, hey, Jesus Christ came. That's why he said, he said, listen, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing today. That's why I'm here. I came to heal and deliver and to save you. Amen. That's the Christ of Christmas. That brings some clarity. Whew. And then number three, the Christ of Christmas came to rule and reign. Everyone say rule and reign. Interesting thing about the wise men, they knew who he was going to be. What was their question? They got to Jerusalem and here's their question. Where is he who was born as king of the Jews? They understood that from Old Testament understanding. They understood that, that Jesus was coming to rule and reign. Gabriel told Mary and said this to her, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign basically forever. He came to rule and reign. Interesting to me, he came in a little stable and a little manger, but by the time he, he was just a baby, insignificant and unknown to the natural eye, but uh, from a spiritual perspective in that little manger on that first Christmas morning lay the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who came to rule and reign forever and ever. In fact, it says this, the angels, what did the angels say? They told the, he told the shepherds, a savior is born who is Christ. That's Messiah. And I want to tell you when any good Jewish boy heard Christ, Messiah, their little brains went right back to the promises of the Old Testament. Believe you me, those shepherds knew what the angels were talking about. So Messiah is here. And he is Lord. Somebody say he is Lord. Christ came. That's clarity. Hey, listen, let me back up. Christ, Christmas clarity. Christ came to save and forgive. Christ came to deliver and heal. Christ came to rule and reign. Not only over others, but over us. And then finally, Christ came. The Christ of Christmas came to live and to die and live again. And when you look to Scripture, and when you look to this Old Testament foundation that these first Christmas key players and this first Christmas, this first Noel, they all had an understanding of Scripture. And from Scripture, we learn that Jesus Christ came to die, but not only die, but live. And not only live, but uh, live again and come again. How many of you know he's coming one more time? I said, how many of you know he's coming one more time? He's not coming as a little baby in a manger. He's coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. Are you with me? Say amen. Christmas clarity. He came to live and die. In fact, if you go back to old, one of the most amazing Old Testament passages concerning the, the death of our Lord Jesus Christ is Isaiah 53. And uh, this just, this just I've, I've read this and meditated on this and preached from this for years, but let me just bring it to you today. The prophetic insight, Isaiah 53, who has believed our report? 
to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed, for he shall grow up before him. That means Jesus shall grow up before God as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He had no form or comeliness that when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken of God, uh, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and we've all turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Christ came to rule and reign, but he came to live and die. You know what he ultimately ruled and reigned over? Death, hell, and the grave. Aren't you glad you don't have to go to hell? Aren't you glad your sins haven't ultimately separated you from Christ, but Jesus came to live and to die? Catch this pro- this Psalm 16 prophecy concerning Jesus. It says, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption, Psalm 16:10. See, the Bible prof- prophesies that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem by a virgin, uh, uh, immaculately conceived by the Holy Ghost. All of that is true. That's where all these first uh, Noel uh, 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 key figures in this story find the stability of the moment. It's not just in the star. It's not just in some supernatural experience, but from the written word of God that prophesied the Messiah's coming. And for us today, we know that same Christ of Christmas who lived and died and rose again is coming back again for us. Why do we know that? Because of what the Bible says. And in a simple little nutshell this morning, that's the Christ of Christmas. Now, I want to bring it to us. I find it interesting what the angel said to the shepherds. Luke chapter 2. The angels made it personal. Follow me. Verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Catch this which will be to all people. And then he says this, for there is born to you. Everyone say to you. Look at your neighbor and say to you. There is born to you. Now say it this way. There is born to me. That's what the angel was saying to them. He was saying, you need to understand about this Christ of Christ. This first Noel, he came for you and for all people. There is born to you, everybody say for me, this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So when those 
shepherds said, you know, let us go to Bethlehem, verse 15, and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. This revelation from God was made known to them that their Savior was lying in a manger in the city of Bethlehem. He came for you. He came to save and forgive you. He came to deliver and heal you. He came to rule and reign in you. He came to die and rise again for you. What a great Christmas gift we have. He did it for us. He did it for each one of us. That's some Christmas clarity. The greatest gift God ever gave was His only Son. God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believe on Him should not perish. Somebody say, whosoever. Whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This morning, as we come to this moment of application, I want us to gain some clarity today. I'm telling you, a lot of us are walking in some things that are clouding the foundational understanding of who we are as Christians. This morning, I just simply came to bring a little clarity about Christ and Christmas to get us back on track and to know and understand and embrace what the angels declared, what the Word of God declares, what these key players in this Christmas message understood. Jesus Christ came to save and to forgive, heal and deliver, rule and reign. Live and die so we could all live again. Let's stand up together this morning. Father, thank you today for clarity this morning. I I just want us to thank God for the Christ of Christmas today. Let's thank God for, for his coming to us. It was for us. He died for you. He came to, listen, when he came and was born of a virgin, he came for you. And as we bow our heads before the Lord, I came to tell you today that if you're lost, you can be saved. If your heart's sick, you can be healed. If you've got a problem with some sin in your life, you can be forgiven. If you need Jesus in your heart, He can come in and be the Lord and leader of your life. To lead you through the question marks of life. To lead you into His purpose and plan for your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, one week from Christmas, I want to ask you today, if you're here and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the leader of your life, 
I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would have some greater level of revelation and some clarity about the Christ of Christmas, that he came to save you from your sin. To help you be what Scripture says, become born again. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I just want to know that I know that I know him. I want to invite him into my heart to be the Lord and the leader of my life. And this Christmas, I want him to be in charge of my life. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I'm just not sure today if I know that I know that I know him on a personal level. And today, this Christmas, I want to know him personally. Because I know he came for me on that first Christmas morning. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. I want to pray for you. Pastor, I just want to know for sure that he lives in my heart, anyone. Finally today, if you're here and you can say, Pastor Sam, this year I want to be, not only be, uh, have clarity in my heart. I want, I don't want to just gain clarity, but I want to give some clarity. And I want, I want the Lord to grace me to bring the Christ of Christmas to friends and family this week. If that's you, along with me, just lift your hand and let's pray that prayer today together. Father, I, we lift our hands to you. And Lord, we thank you for why you came on Christ, that first Noel, that first Christmas morning. We thank you today that you came, Lord, Lord Jesus, to, to save us and to forgive us. You came, Lord, to heal us and, and deliver us from sin and, and deliver us from ourselves and deliver us, Lord God, from the shackles of this world and the constraints of this world. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you came to rule and reign in our hearts and rule and reign and that one day, Lord, you, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And you said in Revelation that he will reign forever and ever. Lord, we thank you for that today. And we pray we would be able to bring the Christ of Christmas to a world that is lost and without Christ, to people who need Jesus. Lord, today and even this Friday, Lord, when we gather here this Friday evening, we pray, Lord, friends and family would have a, uh, would have a revelation of Jesus in their heart. And there would be clarity about the message of Christ. And they would be born again and become your children, Lord. We thank you for it. Lord, use us, Lord. Not just come to us, but Lord, come through us. Be, let us be your hands and feet extended to friends and family and even strangers that we meet. Lord God, we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, use us now. I want you to do this with me right now. I prayed that prayer, but let's make it personal. If you so desire, just lift your heart and hands and say, Lord, use me this year. Use me this week. Use me this holiday season. Let me bring the Christ of Christmas. Let me gain some clarity and bring some clarity. Lord God, let people see Jesus not only in me, but let them hear the message of why you came. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.